I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello there, welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast, the best and only the weight loss podcast on the internet. Am I right? Yeah, I believe that we're the only ones with that name. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we are officially the best podcast called the Weight Loss Podcast in the world. (laughs) Yep. We're also then the worst. We're going to go with that. Okay. You are listening to the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Matt. My name is Courtney. Well, hello there, Courtney. So we have decided, well, after some questions from, well, clients, listeners, people on Facebook, emails, etc. Courtney and I are going to do an episode each about our personal top 10 tips for weight loss. So obviously, Courtney and I have gone through our own journeys and we, yes, we have both lost a lot of weight each, but we've, we've, we've walked our own paths. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we did it. Um, Matt, you lost most of your weight before we met. Yep. Um, and I lost my weight after we met. Yes. Uh, but, uh, though obviously you had learned new Things and new research by the time we met in terms of losing weight. Yes. So based on feedback that we're getting from our beloved listeners, clients, fans, etc., it's time to get a bit deep here. So this episode is going to be about my personal uh, top 10 tips for weight loss based on what I've learned myself over the course of my journey, but also based on the experiences I've had now working as a trainer and coach to clients over the years. Mm. So we've got this in a format where I have written out my my top tips. Courtney is going to introduce them um, one by one and I'm going to explain you know what the hell they're about. Uh, But Courtney's also got the job here of not being afraid to come at me bro if I need to clarify anything or if she wants anything to be explained with a bit more detail. Yeah or if you're rambling. Or if I'm rambling, Courtney will tell me, as per usual, to shut the hell up. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah, because that is, uh, that's our marriage, yeah? Pretty much. Okay. So I reckon we just dive right into it. So Courtney, take it away. Cool. All right. Let's start. So Matt's top 10 tips. Let's start off with number one. Why are you doing this? Yes. Now, this Not is... Not this podcast, <laughs> but why are you doing this? Why are we doing this podcast? <laughs> well... Podcasting is awesome. No. Okay. So the first tip is why are you doing this? What does this mean? Okay. So Courtney and I have said this on a number of occasions and well, I'm going to say it again now and we're going to continue to say it over and 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 over again for the rest of our lives. The number one thing you must determine when undertaking any sort of transformation is why the hell are you doing it in the first place? Now, breaking this down, 
there's 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 two ways that people come at this generally. There is the we we'll generally will ask people what their goals are. If someone were to say to me, "Well, my goal is that I need to lose weight, or I need to exercise, or I need to eat healthy," that's all well and good. Everyone needs to exercise, and everyone needs to you know have a, a fairly healthy, well balanced diet. That's just what our bodies like. But to be honest, what we need doesn't mean jack shit. The question you, we, we want to ask ourselves is what do we want to achieve? Because you've probably had it yourself. Now, I reckon, Courtney, you might be able to relate to this. I bet you listening can relate to this. You've probably told yourself sometime in the past that you need to achieve something. You need to get into the gym. You need to start preparing your food but you're finding it difficult to actually get that thing underway. Oh yeah, all the time. The reason These you... happen to me all the time. Okay. The reason you find it difficult is because you're doing what you need to do, which is not what you want to do. What you want to do is something you're going to chase down like a dog with a bone. So we talk about, Courtney and I talk about finding your why, and we have had people in the past ask us, well, look, I don't think I've found my why. How do I find it? How you find it is what is it about yourself that upsets you the most? Mm. Is it what you see in the mirror? Is it the fact that you can't wear the clothes that you actually want to wear? Is it that you're so down on yourself it affects you in social situations or you avoid social situations? Mm. Does it affect relationships, friendships? Whatever it is that upsets you the most... Chances are, if your goal is related to turning that thing around, that's going to be what you want. So let's use a specific example of some clients that I work with. Um, their goal is to get in good shape to take their kids to the beach and be able to get around the beach in their board shorts without their top on and not feel like they just got, you know, washed ashore with the other beached whales. Yeah? Yes. You follow me? Yep. Now, going to the beach bothers them a lot to the point where they currently don't go. And they really want to be able to take their kids down there. So you devise a goal. Hey, let's set the goal that you can go to the beach with your kids, get your gear off, have your board shorts on, and be proud of what you've got. Hmm. So the goal is then lined up with what bothers them the most. Hmm. Make sense? Yeah. So you're really getting down the, to the specifics there. So above all, it's it's a want over a need, but yes. then but then beyond that, it needs to be specific. So it needs to be something that is like tangible that you can that that you can aim for. So it's not even still good enough to just say, "Oh yeah, I really want to lose weight." Yeah, but if, what does even that mean? Well, the thing is, you can say, I really want to lose weight. And my first response will be, okay, why? Mm. What is the reason that has caused you to want to lose it? If the answer is, oh, I think I need to, well, you ain't going to do it. Mm. Take it from me. If you set goals that you think you need to do, you are not going to get them. Because they don't mean enough. There's no emotion attached to it. Yeah. I think too many people... Uh get need and want mixed up. Oh, it happens all the time. Mm. All the time. And now I'm always listening for it. 
So whenever someone says, I need, it's like, whoa, 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 this is not the conversation here. What you need is irrelevant. Mm. Because what you need isn't going to make you happy. What you want is going to make you happy. Yeah. So, yeah, we do need to have specific goals, but I think they need to be linked. Well, no, not, not I think. I know they need to be linked to the emotional things that upset you. So for me, going back to when I was younger, I couldn't stand looking in the mirror. Mm. I hated it. I would avoid even reflective glasses when I was out in shopping centers. You know, the glass panels where you can see yourself in the reflection. Wow. I would dodge them. Mm. I would dodge cameras all the time. There's not a lot of photos of you. No, because I used to hide. People often ask, actually, why Matt always uses the same after fo- like before photo for his <laughs> before and afters to show you sort of what he's done. And it's because it's the only one we've got. Because I dodged, um, I dodged photos for years and years and years. Now, yeah. I bet, I bet you listening can relate to this. In fact, I'm 100% certain you can. Courtney, I know you can. Mm. Most, actually... All people that are overweight tend to have this thing in common where they like to avoid the camera. I was no different. So my goal when I first was getting started was to be able to look in the mirror and be proud of what I saw. Mm. Because that was what was bothering me the most. So tip number one is to ascertain why you were doing this and what is it you really want. Mm. Good one. And tie it to what upsets you the most. I like it. All right, well, so you. that mind, let's move on to number two, ask for help. Yes, yes. Now, a simple saying that I've got is that, well, if you could do it by yourself, you would have by now. Mm. Fair? Yeah. Okay. Now, I also know that it, it's human nature. We all have a certain amount of pride. We all have an ego. Oh, yeah. That's, that's just part of the deal. And asking for help can be difficult. I think as well, because a lot of people, when they go into weight loss, also have a fear of looking bad or embarrassment. There is that. Um, but there's also the thing where people don't wish to look vulnerable. Mm, that's, yeah, that's a good, good word. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. So it's, it, it's normal to, to not want to show vulnerability. But the thing is, when it comes down to it, if you are overweight and unhappy with yourself, well, you're already vulnerable. True. And if you are showing signs that you're not happy with things and people can see it as an outward expression, that vulnerability is already on display. Yeah. Now, going back to what I said before in terms of if you could do it by yourself, you would have by now. This is the recommendation I would give is to find someone that has walked the path that you want to walk and ask for help. I did it. Courtney did it. Mm. Our clients do it. Anyone that has any form of success in life, and this goes beyond, I think, just weight loss. This goes into personal development, business, career, etc. No one gets anywhere without assistance, without yeah. support, without guidance. Now, in terms of the, the, the weight loss side of things, I, I don't think when people ask for help, and I think a mistake that people make is they, they look to, for example, people look to buy personal training. Or they look to pay for a nutrition program. Honestly, no one's paying for that crap. What people are, are paying for and asking for is to help to get a result. The, the training, the nutrition, whatever, is just the tools to get there. Mm, yeah? Yeah. 
What people are paying for beyond the result is also someone to hold them accountable. Mm. Someone to guide them and to make sure they're on the right path. Now, I tend to find with every single person I've worked with in my career, I don't believe a single one of them has ever come to me saying, Matt, please give me personal training or Matt, please give me a nutrition program because that shit is boring. (laughs) Yes. Fucking boring. What they're actually saying is, Matt, please help me achieve this goal and hold me accountable to it and don't accept my shit. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Now, there's plenty of people out there that are comfortable training by themselves, going to a gym by themselves, but they may feel lost. Fine. That's okay. Just work with someone online if you need to. Yeah. Thank thank you, internet... Because the internet has now given us this amazing ability to communicate with people anywhere in the world, virtually in real time. Yes, it's so so much different now that there's so many more options. Yeah, so my advice is to ask for help, find someone that's done what you've done, and don't, don't be too proud to say, look, I'm not happy with where I'm at. Here's what would make me happy. Can you please help me get there? I can't recommend that enough because... Um, I tried doing it by myself for a long time and I wouldn't recommend it. It's very lonely. It feels very isolating. And speaking of isolation, it's not good to go through things where you think I'm the only person that has to go through this. Yeah. And I think I think in terms of that, Matt, you were, what you were saying, I think the big lesson as well when asking for help is just not to fall into the trap of feeling like it's it's a bit of a stigma. I think there's a bit of a stigma attached to asking for help as well. In what way? So uh, I, th- I think you you sort of feel it a bit when if you've been overweight for a long time and maybe you've tried other things before and it hasn't worked for you, then there becomes a stigma when when people maybe close to you find out that you're trying again something else and you've asked someone to help you and you're going to pay someone to help you, then it becomes, oh, not this again. You know, you're just going to waste your money. Things like this tend to, whether it is actually said or not, or whether you just tend to make in your mind that those things are going to be thought of and those things are going to be said. uh, Either way, I think there's a bit of a stigma that can sometimes come with that. And all that boils down to, again, is just fear of looking bad, fear of embarrassment, um, pride, as you said, Matt. So, Can I drop a truth bomb? Yeah. Okay. Anyone in your circle who would say something like, something like that to you in terms of, oh, you're trying again, they can go and fuck off, right? <laughs> For starters, they can fuck off and eat a dick. Oh. Yeah? Cool? Okay. The thing is... I can't say that. Well, I can. I just did. They can all fuck off. Right. Here's the reason why. It's okay and it's normal to go around trying, trying, trying because it means you haven't given up. That must be applauded. Hmm. That's a, the, to me, the brave thing to do is to not quit, is to keep getting back up and keep going again. Hmm. If you have people around you, the same things like, oh, you're trying it again, it's not going to work. Well, they're fuckwits. And what have they done worth talking about? Chances are nothing. So yes, Courtney, you triggered me on that one. Um, and I regret nothing. <laughs> So if you're the sort of if you've been around around the circles around the traps and you think you've done everything, trust me, no, you haven't. Because I've been in the same situation as has Courtney, as have people that we've worked with, 
There's always something. No one is immune to change. Mm. No one's immune to losing weight unless they sabotage themselves. All right? There are people out there that think, oh, well, I'm the only person on earth that can't lose weight. Bullshit. Yeah. You tell yourself that, you believe it. But no, the, the ones that keep going and keep trying, I give them maximum respect. Mm. It's the quitters and the naysayers that get the rants from people like me. Yes. Okay, I, I'm, I'm good Is now. Is that okay? Yeah. You're I'm, okay? I'm, I'm, I've settled down now. All right, take, cool. take a deep breath. All right, moving on. Number three, don't try too hard. Yes. Now, it is common for someone who has decided, you know what, I've had enough. I want to lose the weight. I want to get in great shape. I'm sick of being, what, lazy? I'm sick of being inactive. I'm going to go from doing nothing and having all these bad habits. Next week, I'm going to exercise at the gym two times every day and I'm going to go cold turkey on all the fast food and I'm going to stop drinking alcohol and I'm going to quit sugar and I'm going to quit carbs and I'm going to quit fat all on Monday. And then by Wednesday, it's too hard, you've given up. It's a very long list of, and I'm going to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. What you're gonna do is fucking nothing. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about when I say don't try too hard. Pick one thing and start working on that one thing. So when I first started, I had, and everyone has this, but I had a laundry list of bad habits. I started by addressing the ones that I was prepared to address at the time that I thought were you know, the most achievable. Mm. So for me, the most achievable habit for me to address at the start was exercise. So, okay, I don't do any exercise. Maybe I'll now start going to the gym Mm. a few times a week. Right? Yeah. Okay, you may start with that. You may start to build the habit of regular movement, working on that one thing, making that one thing feel like it's becoming a normal part of your routine. Once that feels like it's a normal part of your routine, well done, congratulations, high five, what's next? Hmm. Go for the next thing that you think you're ready to handle. Now, there's no right way of doing this. It comes down to what you are comfortable with. So, I mean, take your pick. What, what are bad habits that people have? Weekend binging, skipping breakfast, skipping lunch, oh. under-exercising. Over-exercising. Over-exercising. Sweets. Yep. Emotional eating. Yep. Yeah, the list could go on. Alcohol. Yeah. Smoking. Smoking, stress. Um, Pick one thing that you think you can handle and go for that. And then just slowly do these these things one step at a time. It's it's called single tasking. Yeah. I think it can be uh, too very overloading to go with a full list of I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Well, most people will back out, will, will bomb out of that. Because they try to change too much too soon. And the thing is change, and this is what, weight loss and transformation is a discussion about change, right? Change is often uncomfortable Mm. and confronting. Now, a big part of transformation and change revolves around changing who you are, the way you think, the way you do things. And in, in a lot of cases, change is changing your beliefs on things. Now, that can be scary. Now, you, just the thought of that can be scary and intimidating. And you then try and fix it all at once. 
Yeah, now you've got to go through stages. This goes back to the all or nothing episode that we recorded early on in the show's life. Yeah. Yes. No, I agree. And I think I think when you really um, step back and you look at the big picture, this sort of thing is very common throughout our life in other areas. You just have to apply it to the weight loss side of things. Yep. So it's very common to go through this sort of change of habits, change your way of thinking, and do it in steps when it comes to things like your job, when it comes to things like uh, your your personal life, your personal finances, yep. um, relationships, things like this. You you apply the same technique throughout other forms of your life. So it's common sense that you've got to apply it for this too. But a lot of people, because everyone's been so brainwashed for so long, just feel like it, it, that isn't going to work for weight loss. No. It's the quick fixes that are going to work for weight loss. <laughs> so this system works well for the rest of your life in other areas, then it makes total sense and it's going to work for this as well. Yeah. So don't try too hard. Just do literally one step at a time you'll feel a better sense of accomplishment because you're actually doing things. Because often, I don't think people can be blamed for trying to fix it all at once and then bombing out. I would expect someone to bomb out. If they're trying yeah. to improve, improve everything at once, you should fail at that because it's too much for us. I reckon you'd bomb out just ro- like writing it down before you even start. Yeah. You'd look at it and just think, hell no, you're not going to be able to do all this yeah, no, tomorrow. No. It's just too much, especially when you factor into account other aspects of our lives, like you know, work, family, etc. No, this, mm. this leads into the, into the next point, but you know, this, this is a time-consuming process. I was just about to say, we're about to lead into our next point, which is number four, play the long game. Yep, very, very simple. If the, uh, the short-term quick fixes work, well, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast for starters and you wouldn't have to do them more than once. Yeah? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, a lot of people have struggled, especially the people that we talk to, that we work with, Courtney and I ourselves, have struggled with their weight for years. In some cases, decades. Not just, oh, I gained weight the last month. It's no, I've been like this most of my life. Or I've been like this my entire adult life. Or in some cases, I've always been fat. Mm. Right? Do you think you're going to change it in a month? Or three months? Or even 12 months? Honestly, no. And what also a mistake that people make with this in terms of looking short term is... They'll, they'll do this diet or this exercise plan, lose a few kilos, feel good, and then go back to what they used to do, mm. which is what got them into a bad spot in the first place. A real long-term permanent transformation only comes when you are thinking long-term, when you are thinking, okay, I'm changing what I'm doing for the rest of my life. I'm not changing it for the next 28 days or the next 12 weeks and then go back to normal. Mm. Your normal has to change. Oh, yeah. It's just like the comments as well, Matt, that you get about, oh, so I'm going on holidays over Christmas and New Year's, so do I just go back to eating regular food? You see, that tells me that's a diet mindset. (laughs) What? 
they're, they're still in a diet yeah. mindset because they're thinking, oh, well, I'm eating this special food and now I'm going away for a month or two. Do I go back to normal? No, your normal should be changing. That's yeah. part of what this process is about. Yep. So what you do, regardless of your exercise routine, your eating routine, etc., the new routines that you're building, you have to be able to look at them and go, I can sustain this for the rest of my life. Mm. If you can't, then guess what? It's going to fail. Yeah. Next one. Next one, number five. Accept Accept that you'll have your down days. Yes. So, I'd like to make a public service announcement. To everyone on Earth, no, to everyone in the galaxy that is waiting for the right time, the perfect time to start making a change or is waiting for things to clear up so they can have a smooth ride through their weight loss journey. It's never going to happen. No. Ever. No one has a smooth, mistake-free ride. Not me. No one. No one. Zero percent. Nope. There will be times you will fuck up. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have blips on the radar where things pop up out of nowhere. Life happens. Yes. You are going to have things you can't see coming that will test you. And that just happens to the average mum client that we have, Matt. Mm. But it also happens to professional athletes. Yep. It happens to world-class bodybuilding champions. It happens to us. It happens to us. It, it happens, happens to us. It happens to every single person. So it's not just... Oh, it just happens to, quote-unquote, regular people. It's part and of all life. this sort of stuff. It's part no. of life. Shit will go south. Shit will go pear-shaped. It's inevitable. Also, in conjunction with accepting you'll have your down days is some days you just aren't going to feel like it. And you know what? That's okay. I have them often. Courtney has them often. More than often. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. More than often. Um, just turn up and do your best. Yeah. You can't, you can't be up and about. You can't be motivated every day. You won't be. Nah. Take it from me, you won't be. Right. I've got days where I don't want to do a thing. I don't want to speak to anyone. Get away from me. The whole world can piss off. And you know what I think is, is, is funny, Matt, as well, when you say that, is a lot of people then think that that means, oh, they just don't really want their goal enough then. Now, nope. that's bullshit too. Because you can want your goal more than anything in the world and still wake up some days and you can't be stuffed. Some days you wake up and all you want to do is just go and watch Netflix. Yep. For five hours straight. You know what? That's cool. Go for it after you've done whatever you need to do. Mm -hmm. Get it done. I'm like that with video games. Anyone that knows me knows that I have a, a love for video games. Always have, always will. Now, believe me, I have days where all I want to do is just sit there and just play PlayStation all day. But you know what? You got to do what you got to do and then enjoy your downtime. But the whole point of this is, except that you will have days where you're not motivated, you will have days where you just, you honestly just couldn't give a shit, and you will have days where you'll make mistakes and you'll get things wrong, and things you can't plan for will pop up and they will test you. And that's, I, I tend to find that those, those times are the true test of if someone's going to make this work or not. Because anyone could be, you know, 
all over it when things are going smoothly. Mm. The real test is when shit goes sideways, which it will. For sure. Next one. Number six. Time management simply comes down to priorities. Yes. So one of the big things that Courtney and I get hit with is, I'm just too busy. Oh, Matt, how do you find the time? How do you, how do you make this work when you're so busy? Look, here's the deal. Last I checked, we all have 24 hours in the day. I have 24 hours. Do you, Courtney? Yes. We all do. Okay. Also, in conjunction with this, we all, all of us will have what I call non-negotiables. So things in our lives that are of the most top priorities. Things that could be kids, family, work. Yeah? Yes. We all have those things in our lives. Non-negotiables. The question I ask you is, where do you fit into your list of non-negotiables? So often if I'm talking to someone about their goals and where they want to head to, for example, and I get the feeling that they're just not prioritizing themselves in the slightest, I'll ask them a question. The question I ask them is this. Please tell me who are the most important five people in your life? Name them for me. Now, if, if this person names their five most important people in their lives and they're not on that list, I know there's an issue. The thing is with this, there's no other way to put this. With time management and being busy, you have to be able to say, say yes to yourself. Mm. Sooner or later, you have to be able to chunk out the time and say, you know what? No. No to everything else. I'm going to go and do that workout. I'm going to go and do that food shopping. I'm going to cook those meals. It does come down to priorities. So if someone asked me, who are the most five most important people in my lives? Well, I would start with the woman sitting next to me. Woohoo! My wife. Number one. My mum. <laughs> my brother. Me. I think that's a really good activity for people to do, that because I would think that most people would not have themselves in that top list. Well, that's also why I asked that question because um, the overwhelming majority of people that I asked that question to do not name themselves in their top five. And you know what I think it might also be? Not necessarily not, not everyone values themselves as important, but people may think that it's not right for them to put themselves in that list. Ah, Courtney, that is gold. Um, because the thing is, with time management, there does need to be a level of selfishness that comes with this. There has to be those times where you say, no, I'm going to put myself first. Everyone else, stand back. Mm. Now, this doesn't need to be 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Because when you're exercising, for example, you're looking at, ideally, you're looking at a few hours a week for most people, right? Mm. Three, maybe four Four hours hours, a week. Maybe. Now, what's there? A hundred and... 172 hours in a week? Sounds about right, but yeah, I'll know. go with that. Um, maybe do maybe do the, the calculator on that one for calculator. me. Calculator. Um, but if we're looking about chunking out three to four hours a week for exercise, you just have to make yourself a priority and you have to have a level of selfishness. And that will probably make um, the secret bonus tip for this one, the sub tip, is that it's okay to be selfish sometimes. Yeah. It's okay to put yourself first. You have to. When I look at my own before and after photos... And I look at what I used to be, 
in conjunction with uh, 168 hours in a week. Thank you, Courtney. I was close. 24 times 7, 168. I was close. Um, when I look at my before and after photos and I look at what I used to be, I don't just see uh, unhealthy, depressed, diabetic, obese, blah, 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 blah. I also see someone the way I used to be that will put everyone and everything before himself. Mm. I look at myself now the way I am these days. I still do take care of, of things and situations and people that need to be taken care of. But I'm at the same level as they are. Because if I don't take care of myself, who else will? Courtney, will you do the exercise for me? That's an excellent point. I like that. Really? Yeah. Wife approved? Yeah, that's really good. Thank you. Really good. Mm -hmm. Wow, okay. So yes, um, it does just come down to priorities. I'm sorry to be blunt on that one. Um, that probably won't be the answer that people are looking for when it comes to, oh, how do you make it work when you're so busy? You're going to have to. You've got to prioritize. You need to be in there somewhere. Now, I do think, before you go there, Courtney, I do think a lot of people's barriers come because they assume that this this whole thing needs to be an all-consuming, endless slog. Mm. Hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of exercise and hours and hours and hours in the kitchen. No, that is bullshit. Once you've got your routine down pat in terms of a training routine that you can sustain, that works for you in conjunction with a cooking and shopping routine that works for you, we're talking about a very small time investment per week. Are you worth that time investment? Yeah, for sure. I would say the answer is yes. Yep. I like it. Cool. Next. Next. Number seven. Number seven. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Number seven. I should cross these out as I go, and then that way I would never get still confused. You should do that, yes. Yeah, I should Great do idea. that. Okay. Note to self for next time. All no, right. For right now. Number seven, recognize all the small wins. Yes. Every time someone says to me, oh, well, I haven't achieved anything because I haven't reached my goal, I honestly want to grab them and slap them. Yeah. People seem to overlook just how many small victories you need to have to have the big victories. Mm. And it is so common to downplay all the small things that you improve upon just because you haven't reached your goal weight or your goal dress size or whatever. Now, let's think about this. I, for example, will often talk about the big things I've achieved. Now, let's look at the, the easy one here. The biggest thing I've achieved personally is the 80 kilo weight loss. Okay, awesome. Well done. What are the small things I had to have a, an achievement or a victory on to get to that? Well, a small win for me was to start exercising and do it regularly. That was a victory. High five. Hmm. A small win was to start eating breakfast. That wasn't from McDonald's. Hmm. A small win was to stop having a liter of Coke after every gym session. Victory. A small win was not to let my work or a bad day at work be the excuse I would use to not go to the gym. Yeah. Also a small win. Does this make sense? Yeah, it does. I don't, I don't think success is defined by just the one big outcome you have or have not achieved. It all comes from all the small things you've done to get to the big one. Did we do a podcast on this? Goal setting. Small wins? No. No. No, goal setting, I think you're referring to. Oh, okay. About breaking down the big goal into small goals. 
Yes. Um, but recognizing these small victories and these small wins is critical because it is, it, it is human nature, but it's also very easy to get down on yourself because you think, well, I haven't achieved this one big thing. I failed until I do it. I think as well that a lot of people just get hung up on their um, total goal. And this will come back to probably the goal setting podcast that we did, which is your end goal might be to look a certain way. Mm. And I know I'll relate this back to myself. My uh, most hated area on my body has always been my tummy area. So that has always been where I've stored the most fat and it's always been the last to leave. Yep. So it's the first to go on, last to leave, and I hate it the most. So whenever I got in the habit of what I would do is you get out of the shower and a lot of people just have a sneaky look at themselves in the mirror. And especially a lot of people, you mean everyone. Especially if you've been working hard, you just have a quick look just to see how, how you're looking. Human nature. Yep. And I would do it as well. And but my eyes would automatically focus on my stomach. And if that stomach didn't look different to the way it did a month ago, well the whole month was shit. I did nothing for the whole month. I achieved nothing. Didn't matter if my legs looked better, if my butt looked better, if my my face had slimmed down. Because the way I lose fat is sort of from the outside in. So I'll lose it off my legs and then I'll start to lose it from around my face, around my top of my shoulders and then down from there. So I wouldn't look at that though. I would only look at my stomach. Now, knowing full well in the back of my mind that that is the last place it's going to go, I never stopped to think about anything else that might have happened within the last month, two months, three months. That's a good point. So I think a lot of people just get too fixated on the end goal, on the end result, and they're not focusing on potentially other areas that you are succeeding. Can I take that a bit further? Um, I think it goes beyond that. Uh, People overlook all the, the, the good habits they're starting to form that will lead to those changes that they want so badly. Yeah, and now that, that's where we start to talk about from our goal-setting podcast. Process goals. The process goals. Yeah, so as I said earlier, a, a win for me when I was younger was to start having breakfast that didn't come from McDonald's. Yeah. That was a big win. Um, another, another win for me over time was I stopped, um, I stopped binge drinking on weekends. Well, now you don't drink at all. Now, well, yeah, but I've just, I've just lost, the, lost the, the desire to do it. Mm. So I didn't force it. My body just did it for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, recognize all the small wins because believe me, those small wins do add up. And from my perspective as a trainer and a coach, I'm always looking for these small wins with my clients because I know that these small wins, no matter how small or insignificant they may be, they're all going to add up. It's progress. And they're all, of course it's progress. Mm. And it's all going to be part of someone's story when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Next. Love it. All right. Number eight, listen to your body. Yes. This is a huge one. Yes. I think this it's going to end up needing to be a podcast on its own. Uh, I think you might be right there, uh, wife. Mm. I think you're on the money with that. So listening to your body, it's, it's important regardless of how old or young you are. Uh, it's important regardless of how much experience you do or don't have with exercise. So... A common myth when it comes to weight loss is, well, I need to exercise more and eat less. Mm, Not quite true. Now, a a real key to permanent change 
is over time, as let's say, let's use eating as an example here. Over time, your eating habits start to change. You start to, you know, make choices that are more in line with what you want to achieve, right? Mm. Over time, your body's going to get more hungry. Your appetite's going to increase. If you're getting things like that, listen to your body. If you have it where you think, oh, I want to go do a training session today, but you're just incredibly sore and you don't think you've got it in you to go 100%, don't. Go for a walk. Do something less intense. Yeah, switchy days. Mm. Exactly. You've had that, Courtney. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was supposed to do an intense cardio workout yesterday, and here it was, what, 42? Yeah, a very hot day, yes. 40, 42 degrees Celsius, and it was a very hot day, and I was feeling very sore from my workout the day before, and I just said to, to Matt, I don't think I, got, I haven't got it in me. I'm going to switch it and I'm going to do um, some low intense activity and then save the high intensity stuff for Sunday. Yep, exactly. Um, also things where when you're exercising, if you know that your body can start to handle a bit more, push it. Yeah. Don't be afraid to push it just a little bit and see what you've got. A big part of this process is in learning about your body what it can handle and how far you can push it, but also when you need to back it off. Now, that also includes things like when you fall. Mm. That's a big one for you, Courtney, that big I think one. You'll, you'll probably elaborate on a bit more on um, your Top Tips podcast. But yeah. you know, knowing when to say enough's enough in terms of what you're eating, mm-hmm. but also knowing when your body is saying, hey, please give me more. Yep, love it. So listen to your body. And learn to listen over time. Don't be afraid to even keep notes on yourself because your body will change over time. The foods it responds to will change. Um, the exercise you need to do as you get older will change. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Next. Number nine. We're getting close to the end. Yeah. Build habits that are congruent with your goals. Yes. Now, this is kind of common sense, but guess what? Common sense and weight loss don't usually go together. Surprisingly Especially enough, because in, most of it is just in our, yeah, in our industry that's mostly full of shit. Yeah. Here's the deal. If your goal is to lose a bit of fat and you know drop some unwanted weight, maybe you should do exercise that's actually geared towards it. <laughs> just a thought. So for example, if an overweight person comes to me and says, Well, I would like to lose half my body weight and I'm gonna do it by running a marathon. My response would be, ah, you don't need to. Yeah. If someone's goal is to change their body shape, drop some unwanted weight and look and feel their best, well, guess what? Time to start lifting some weights and then we'll start incorporating some short, structured, intense cardio on top of that. The same sort of thing goes with what we put into our bodies. So if my goal was to get leaner, and I'm still having McDonald's for breakfast every day, doesn't quite add up, does it? No. So this also, I do think this probably ties a bit into point number two, the ask for help mm. point. Um, if you need to ask for help on you know, implementing a routine that's congruent with your goals, don't be afraid to do it. But the habits that you build must line up with the outcome you want to achieve. 
because take it from me, having spent years wasting time with this when I was younger, there isn't much worse than feeling like you're putting in all this effort and getting nothing back from it. Yeah. But back in the back then, I was way over exercising and eating very very poorly. The habits I was the habits that I was building weren't lining up with the goal I wanted to achieve. As the habits that I built lined up with my goal, guess what started to happen? I started to change. Funny that. <laughs> yes. Last one. Last one. Okay, lucky last. Calories and macros aren't worth stressing about. Yes, I've been looking forward to this. This is a funny one because, to be honest, I know what calories are. I know what macros are, but I never understood the whole macro thing. It's um, it's the breakdown, the the um, proportionate breakdown of the macro, the, the key macronutrients. So you know, proteins, carbohydrates, and fats, and just. So do people keep track of? of the numbers like they do with calories. Is that the idea? X amount of calories from protein, X amount of calories from carbs, X amount of calories from fat. That's what? That's your macro breakdown. That's the macro breakdown. Okay. Okay. Now, I'm going to start by saying this. I've lost 80 kilograms. Courtney's lost 25. Neither of us have counted calories. Neither of us have looked at macros. No. Too hard. And I'm too lazy, personally. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be stuffed. The main reason I recommend you don't... Yeah, this, I do get this question a lot as a trainer. You know, what, what should I worry about my calories every day? Should I worry about my macros? For 99... No, you know what? For the people listening to this podcast, for you listening to this podcast, this is the least of your concerns. <laughs> this is approximately dead fucking last of the things you need to worry about. When it comes to effective, sustainable weight loss and making positive change, people get so caught up in irrelevant one percenters. Give you an example. Let's say you are stressing out hardcore about hitting your macros every day. Yet on Friday, Saturday and Sunday, you binge eat and binge drink every week without fail. What's going to have a bigger effect on your change? Getting a hold of your binge eating and binge drinking every weekend or stressing about your fucking macros? Courtney? Wow, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. This goes back to the, the don't try too hard point, point number three. Address the things that are going to have the biggest impact because they're the things that are really working against you. So if you're a binge eater on the weekends or a binge drinker on the weekends, could I recommend slowly looking at that? If you skip breakfast every day, could I recommend looking at that? If you're inconsistent with your training, could I recommend looking at that? There are a lot of things, the laundry list that we have of bad habits that are worth looking at long before we get to things like calories and macros. Courtney now has lost five dress sizes and I still haven't brought this discussion up with her, have I? No. Back me up, wife. Hence that I don't really know how you would even keep track of macros. To be quite honest, you don't need to. No. 
Well, I mean, it all comes down as well to those sort of calorie counting and things like that, Matt, where people do that and that's all well and good. But when you keep track of those things, there is a potential that you can still have five of those chalk chip cookies because they only have X amount of calories and I can have those and I'll just have a smaller lunch and so I'll end up with the same amount of calories for my middle section of the day and then so you sort of you can fall into the trap of chopping and changing your food just to make it still fit within a certain amount of calories not necessarily going to be the healthiest choices for you for the day my head just spun on that too hard yeah um the average overweight person is going to make a tremendous difference on themselves just by slowly reprogramming their obvious bad habits before they worry about things like calories and macros, irrelevant one percenters. Mm. Yeah? Yep. Um, that's it? That's it. I'm done. I, uh, I sincerely hope those, uh, those top tips have helped. They're things that I've learned uh, over my years now, both going through it myself and working with others. I think now, Courtney, it's time to move on to emails. Yeah, I think we're going to rename this section Matt's emails. Why? Because you're always going to read them out because I am terrible at it and will never do it. So Matt's email section is... Okay, here we go. There's the music. We have an email from Erica. Erica is from the United States. Hi guys, I just started listening to you two and I loved y'all's podcast right away. That's definitely a American saying, y'all. Oh, yes. I'm from Texas. Love it. I'm from Love Texas. It. Love it, Erica. My question is, do you guys have any tips or beginner's plans for when someone like me is trying to become more active? I've been really improving my diet recently, so I'm really just asking about the physical activity aspect of being healthy and losing weight. Oh, I have a huge aversion to running. My asthma kicks up, but I know running is good, so I'm lost. Thank you, guys. You're awesome and a real inspiration to people like me from Erica. Erica, thank you so much. Courtney, take it away. Thanks, Erica. Love it. Well, if you... You don't have to run. That's not that's not the make or break thing here, Erica. So if running aggravates your asthma to the point where it's actually dangerous, then uh, don't stress about not running. There's plenty of other things that you can do. So I would not stress about the running at all. If it aggravates your asthma, all you need to do is find intense um, exercises that don't aggravate your asthma. So instead of doing a lot of running, you could look at doing... uh, going to the gym, doing some um, exercise bike, you've got rowing machines, you've got cross trainers, you've got stair machines. You can you can even go and potentially do some stair training, maybe if there's stairs near where you live outside, because let's be honest, we all don't want to be in the gym all the time. It's boring. So what Courtney, I tend to do is find stairs that are near me. Yes. What's the number one form of exercise for weight loss? Oh, well, weight training. Okay. But I was getting to that. I was just talking to Erica about the cardio. Okay. Because she mentioned running. Mm -hmm. See, this is what Matt says to me. Oh, take it away, Courtney. Clearly wants to answer it himself. So why don't you just answer Erica's question? Please continue. (laughs) 
Anyway, Erica, I was going to get to the weight training section, but while I'm still talking about cardio, because yes, cardio does have a place. Don't stress about the running. There's other forms of cardio that you can do um, that won't aggravate your asthma. But yes, the number one form of training to stimulate fat loss is weight training. Take it away, Matt. This is your cue. Go on. <laughs> Thank you and sorry. Okay, so yeah, Erica, Courtney has uh, hit the nail on the head. There are obviously plenty of other ways to do aerobic exercise. Um, just walking is going to help in conjunction with the weight training. So be prepared to lift weights. Um, we don't give out beginner's plans to people per se just because, well, one size fits all doesn't work. Mm. Because you can give someone a, a beginner's exercise plan that, for example, has shoulder press on their on one of their weight stays and they can't do overhead press because of a rotator cuff injury, all of a sudden the plan fails. Yeah. So we don't do plans, um, exercise plans or meal plans in particular just because the, the cookie cutter approach doesn't quite work. Um, the best tips I can give here in terms of being more active, could I recommend um, going back to episode eight of this fantastic podcast called The Weight Loss Podcast. Hmm. Boom, boom, cheap plug. Um, go back to episode eight uh, of our show. And I would also recommend with that episodes 44 and 46, where we talk in specifics uh, about exercise, um, going into some, some real sort of in-depth information on you know starting out with only a few days a week. Um, so a beginner, if they're in the gym two, maybe three times a week, that's a pretty good start. Yeah. Yeah? Absolutely. So um, go back to uh, to those episodes there and then just uh, come back to us if you need clarification. So hopefully that has helped. Yes. Yeah? Definitely. Courtney? That is a wrap. That's a wrap. We're done. Take us out. Um, thanks for listening. <laughs> Courtney, <laughs> what's our email address? Oh, yes. Sorry, it is podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Yes, we strongly encourage you to email us with any feedback, yes. uh, abuse, or questions because we like being abused. Do we? Do we? Not sure. No? Okay. Anyway, you're Pod- welcome. Any feedback is good feedback. So please send it through. Other than that, that's a wrap. That Courtney, is a wrap. great show. High five. <laughs> Boom. Hopefully, this has helped. Have a good one, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes, and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.